0: you're listening to the my nft journey podcast each week our host andy storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens
1: welcome to my nft journey i'm your host andy storch and this is a show where i share my nft journey as well as the journeys and advice from others so that we can help you with your nft journey and today i have an interview with my friend bennett phillips he goes by ben or NFT on twitter you heard him on this podcast if you've been listening for a while he was my first guest that we had back on episode six and seven we really explored what nfts are why they're so exciting, as well as some of Bennett's journeys into NFTs. He and I both got into NFTs around the same time in April, May 2021. We've been good friends for more than a decade. We used to be business partners. We've run a conference together, as well as a business together, done a lot of cool stuff together, hung out as families and got into NFTs around the same time and, you know, bought some stuff together. And then pretty much been texting and talking every day since May of 2021. We both got into this space because things move so fast and we're keeping each other up to date. We've had a shared wallet together, where we invested in things together. And if you want to hear a summary of that and what we did, go back and listen to episodes five and six of this podcast to hear Bennett's journey and how he got into NFTs and the things that he's bought and things he lessons he's learned, how he got scammed, how I got scammed, all the lessons we've learned and the things we did with a shared wallet as well as our own stuff. I'm having Bennett back on this time to talk about a couple different subjects. One is, you know, being aware of FOMO and how that can really get you sucked in, especially when that FOMO is artificially created by people in the markets. So we talk about that. And we're also talking about how to pick up underdogs. So Bennett has become really passionate about identifying and buying what he calls underdogs, essentially underpriced NFTs from collections that might be ignored, but still have really great work going on and have a great Opportunity, great possibility, great potential. And he has a report that he posted on Medium back in January. He tweeted about it. So you go find that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. So check that out. A lot of people reach out to me and ask okay, I'm looking for a cheaper NFT. What do you recommend? And just so you know, I've got some plans in the works. I'm thinking about my own NFT collection that I might be creating in the near future. And I just had a meeting recently with a company I might be partnering with on that. But since that's not out yet, if you are looking for some quote underpriced or possibly underpriced, well-priced NFTs in the market, check out Bennett's uh, underdog report. And we talk about some of those NFTs in this episode. So here is my episode with Bennett Phillips, my man, my buddy, talking all about FOMO and uh, underdogs in the NFT space. Enjoy. All right. I am back with my buddy, Ben Benxit, benxi NFT on Twitter. Ben was my first guest that I had on this show when we started up a few months back. One of my best friends in the world and my go-to expert on pretty much all things NFTs. Ben, welcome to, back to the show.
0: Yeah, man. What's up? How are you doing? Good to be here. Uh,
1: good, dude. We talk... I don't know, almost daily about everything going on in the NFT world. And, and I kind of rely on you sometimes for information about what's the latest and going on with different projects. You have also really kind of, uh, as, as we've both like done a bunch of things, had some successes, definitely made some mistakes, had some failures along the investing, collecting route in NFTs. You, I feel like you've kind of put your stake in the ground on, I'm going to be the guy who finds like the underdogs, the cheap stuff that's going to rise one day where everyone's paying attention to the, the quote unquote blue chips projects like Bored Ape and Friends and World of Women and stuff like that. So I want to talk to you about like how you look, how you find some of these projects and also how to avoid the FOMO to jump into things that we don't know much about because you and I have both been caught up in that before. We're seeing a lot of trouble and problems going on in NFT land where like people are making money just by, you know, artificially creating FOMO. And it doesn't usually last. So maybe let's like start there. What, do, what are you seeing in the space right now with like the hype projects and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. So I, I noticed a few things with that. One is you'll see a project that you've never heard of. And the first time you see it, they've already got like 250,000 Twitter followers. To me, that's just suspicious. I'm not saying it's impossible to like gain a following that big, that fast, but it's near impossible if it's like a real thing. So I think probably a lot of those accounts have purchased followers and are using uh, engagement farming tactics that have been used in you know e-commerce marketing forever mm-hmm. and they're just applying it to NFTs now and i think the big risk with those is because they create so much hype they probably will sell out instantly and maybe even do things where it's like a whitelist only you see a lot of this stuff on twitter it's like engage with this tweet for a possible whitelist you know mm-hmm. and for new people that whitelist basically just means you get to mint before the general public does right And if it's all wait list, that means like there is no public sale. You have to go through, jump through all these hoops and things in order to even be allowed to purchase their NFT. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just something like alarm bells goes off for me when it's like you have to be allowed to purchase something. Like, no, I'm doing you a favor by purchasing your thing. Okay. Right.
1: But they're basically (laughs) trying to create exclusivity. So you feel like, oh, I'm on this list. I'm getting it before other people, you know, and if if it goes up, then, you know, I have an opportunity to make money. And, you know, there's there's certainly a benefit to that for the right projects, but when like everybody's doing it, and I've seen some like crazy stuff, like, like you get into a discord and they're like, well, you have to, you know, change your PFP and invite 100 people into this discord and retweet every tweet and like do all these things that like, I mean, to me, it's almost like giving away your personal brand to them. So like, just do everything they say, and maybe you'll get enough quote points to get on their whitelist. And then, you know, do people really stick around for that brand after that? I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's all just a big, maybe too, you know, like you're doing all this for the chance at maybe being able to buy their thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we see happen with these is that the hype does happen. And if you are able to get on the list, you probably could mint it and then sell it the same day for eight to 10 X return or more which, you know, that's fine, I guess, if you're, you're willing to go through that grind. But to me, like for the overall NFT space and the longevity of this industry, I think it's harmful because what happens typically is these projects will typically, after they mint, they'll delay a little while before the artwork is revealed. So everyone will have like a placeholder image NFT and the hype continues on through that cycle until the reveal and then the reveal happens and it usually crashes. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think the reason why is it's is almost like you, you, you're you seeing Oz, you know, you're looking behind the curtain and seeing like, oh wait, this isn't all this like really amazing, you know, like hype videos they made on Twitter and stuff like that. Now I'm looking at this thing, it's just a picture yeah. of something and that's what all NFTs are, so whatever. Right. But did I really pay 8 ETH for this and it's a week old? Yeah. Not to mention the founders of that project are usually anonymous. Mm-hmm. And they could not that they always will, they could stick around and grow a brand, use all the money they earned through the mint and through secondary transactions to turn it into something amazing. And that's yeah. great. But there's also the chance they could completely disappear the day after the mint. Right. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. And then what have you got? You know? Yeah. So if you were the one one of the people who minted and turned around and sold it for a lot more same day or within a couple of days, good for you, I guess. But yeah. if whoever bought it at these crazy prices. I don't, you know, these people are just gonna get hurt.
1: I yeah, get hurt. one it's of the things a lot of people love about the NFT space and Web3 is it being decentralized and there's a lot of anonymity, you know, people with these usernames as their Twitter and in Discord and you have no idea who they, you know, what their real name is, who they really are, uh, which is totally fine. When you're looking at founders of a project, for me, it's just less trust, right? Cause there's less recourse. You don't know like they could take off. So I've, I've already been burned once. I've told that story on the, you know, the podcast. I'm done investing in projects that don't have, you know, named founders. Like I can't look and look the person up and see who they are, even like a picture of them. So I'm done with anonymous. Not that can't you can't have success investing in a non, you know, projects run by anonymous founders, but I'm kind of done with
0: that. I still occasionally look at anonymous ones um, yeah. as long as it seems like organic growth. Yeah. You know, if they've been around for a couple of months, they're telling a cool story. They seem to have some good ideas and they got a couple thousand followers on Twitter or something and, price is right or whatever then it's to me it's the combination of being anonymous and this like ridiculous hype factory thing where every tweet has 1800 retweets and stuff Mm -hmm. those two factors combined to me are just a big red flag
1: yeah it's a big red flag so if you're investing in new nft projects uh, just keep an eye out for this if it looks like oh my gosh, it seems like everybody's getting into this. Everybody's retweeting this. Like, look at this, look at the following. Just check yourself for a minute. Be like, hey, I wonder if this is real and what could happen? What could I stand to lose? Like, take a breath. It's okay if you miss out on this one because there'll be another one and then another one and then another one. You know, you and I both jumped into projects because of FOMO. And then, you know, maybe maybe you do well, but you lose. And there's plenty more. Like, there's plenty more that come after that. And, And oftentimes they pump. And then they go back down and you might have an opportunity to buy later as well, which is next thing I wanted to talk to you about is how do you identify these, what you call underdogs, oftentimes projects that they seem to be doing like legitimate things, but they just seem underpriced compared to the market or they've fallen, you know, from where they were before. And you think they have an opportunity to grow. Like, how do you go about looking for those and and finding them and and deciding to invest?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And actually I I wrote like a little report on this, uh, as you know, but for your listeners, uh, which can be found pretty easily uh, just by searching on Twitter, the hashtag uh, underdog report.
1: Underdog report on Twitter. Yeah, I retweeted it. And I think you wrote an, you wrote an article on Medium, I uh, just go on Twitter, follow Bennett and, and look for that uh, hashtag underdog report.
0: Yeah, there aren't a lot of people using that hashtag. So if you just search that hashtag, it should, my tweet about it should be one of the only things that comes up. So what I look for with those is um, essentially what I'm trying to do is take advantage of impatience of, of others, right? Um, and when I say take advantage, I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of other people. They are already being impatient. That's their choice. Yeah. And there are a lot of projects out there that sold out quickly, a lot of them, which is usually a good sign. There's demand, there's interest. And it sold out originally because of some cool things they said they were going to do. Right. They said, we're going to, we have, we already have real life connections to this brand or this person or whatever, because so much of NFTs is about marketing. If they have really cool plans for a game or metaverse application, or they do have connections to major brands or whatever, or like an experienced team who has a track record or whatever. And that's what leads them to sell out. But then their plan, their roadmap as people call it is something that's going to take a little while. People notoriously just get tired of waiting. Mm -hmm. And so they start selling and people start undercutting each other. I like to look at those and how I hear about them is, is, varied. And it's all because I hear from friends, Twitter, you name it, right? I mean, same way all of us get our information. But then as I look at it, I go, whenever I get that feeling of like, dang, all the things they said look amazing. That's probably why they sold out. These all still sound amazing. None of them have come to fruition yet, but the team is still, if I go in their discord, I look in their Twitter, they're active. They're still talking about it. They're giving updates saying, we're still working on this or that. They could be blowing smoke. They could be saying they're working on it, but they're not really But I kind of trust my gut and I look at it and I go, if all the things they said they were going to do that caused them to sell out are still things they're talking about and that they're pushing for, then there will most likely be a day in the future where the original excitement that caused them to mint out will return because they say, hey, that thing we said we're going to do, we did it, we did it. Yeah, And people were like, what? You did? And then they rush in and I'm like, they said they were gonna,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And I just choose to believe. So my best example for this so far is it's a project from Super Plastic. Yeah. Who Super Plastic, for anyone who doesn't know, is a real life brand. Um, they've been making physical collectibles. This is one right here. This is a Super Plastic.
1: Yep. There it is. This cool. character
0: right here, his name is Gugimar. He is a playable character in Fortnite. He's done Gucci ads. He has representation in hollywood he's one of the only uh in fact he might be the first non-living creature to have an agent a talent agent in hollywood uh so like other than that's pretty much humans and, and like dogs and horses and whatever yeah <laughs> he's the first synthetic celebrity right and so there's him there's another character named janky and there's other ones they've done work in the past with uh celebrities like paris hilton jay balvin the gorillas steve aoki and i knew all these things on midday and I, that's what i'm like yeah this sounds great and then as the months went on this is back in like july as the months went on people were like well where's jay Baldwin? where's paris hilton and they're like well we're working on it. this stuff takes a while but like we told the truth we really do know them like look on our website we've done collectibles for steve aoki for jay Baldwin, for the gorillas you know and people were like i don't know you know and so they moved on and then sure enough Late December, I think, or or something. It was about a month ago. Yeah, early um, January. Yeah, maybe early January. Gucci tweeted, hey, we're doing seven sleeper plastic. And everybody went nuts and came rushing back in. Yeah. And within 36 hours, I think, the floor on their primary project went from 0.03 to 0.7. Yeah. So, you know, that's just to me, I didn't expect it to go like that. I don't think anyone did. So right. That's, what is it, 22X or something like that in like a couple of days?
1: But yeah. And that one, you, you know, to your credit, you had said to me many times, I believe in this project. I think it's a good, a good buy at, you know, hovering around 0.05 for a long time. I bought two of them, full disclosure, and I recommend it to a couple of other people. I don't know if they bought them or not. And then, uh, yeah, early January, it popped and it went up to 0.65 and I sold my two, which uh, I don't do that often. I'm not that big on flip life as they call it, but I sold my two. And it, then it ran all the way up to 1.2 ETH. And I was like, ah, oh, I missed it. And I know you could claim a couple of things from it. Um, as we're recording this in early February, the floor is back down to 0.488 as I'm looking at it right now, but that can go up or down. We don't know where it's going to go from here, but I know like you, this is something that like, it's still very early. Like it still could be a good investment. We don't really know because it's a very long-term, like they're building a big brand.
0: Yeah. This is the kind of thing that like, it's that hype cycle. Right. And so I think it's reached somewhere, probably has reached somewhere new near a new plateau for a little while. Anyone who's considering that project or or anything similar to this, I would recommend looking at the website and seeing what's coming and when it's coming. And you'll see on their site they have like, you know, later this year, they're opening a physical store in New York and they're gonna have a big party. They're giving away a Ferrari. They're like hmm. they just launched an NFT with Paris Hilton yesterday and she's tweeting about it. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I try to time it based on like, when is that going to happen? Okay. Can I wait that long? You know, whatever. And then it'll probably do this again. And like, yeah. Hopefully that whenever something spikes, it it tends to fall again, but hopefully it falls to a new high compared to the previous.
1: Yeah. We've seen that happen with multiple. You and I are both big on boss beauties. That has really spiked recently and then come down to like a plateau below the the high. Who knows where that'll go? I was thinking, I want to hear a few things that you're watching, but a couple other examples that come to mind of what you're saying, where like, people get really impatient. One was the Gen X launch by House Akiva. I remember when that launched, I was on vacation in Mexico, but I was keeping, I was still texting with you like every day about this stuff. And, and they, I think they minted at 0.2 and then it kind of slowly fell. And I bought one at 0.19 and they just kept falling because basically they were like, we're going to build this metaverse and do all these things. And everyone's like, this is awesome. Like, and it sold out really fast. And then it's like, where's the metaverse? And like, well, we still have to build that. It's going to be a while. And so the floor has gone all the way down to like 0.04, 0.05 at the low. I think it's 0.08 today as we record this. Because, you know, to your point, I think people just gotten impatient that it it's going to take so long. So I, I, on your recommendation, I bought a couple more, a few more, I think at 0.05. And we'll just see where it goes.
0: Yeah, and this is a perfect example. Um, they're building this, you know, and it's funny, this whole word metaverse. Like, I don't even know if that's the word that's going to, if you always use it, you know, or is it more like people used to say surfing the web, you know, no one says that anymore. Whatever it is, though, it's going to be an immersive uh, environment where you can, you know, interact with other people. And and I think of it more as as a game, right? It's a game, except for in the game, you own your stuff, right? That's what NFT gaming Hmm. is about. And to me, it's a couple of things about that project in particular. One of them is they're building it in the most advanced gaming engine that's ever existed. Uh, It's called Unreal Engine 5. And if you look at game demos of other you know, big gaming companies and stuff that are using this engine to develop new games, it's the closest we've come to it looking like absolute reality. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's barely discernible from reality. And so these like robot avatars they've created to navigate this world is gonna look, just look really cool. And like so much of NFTs is about this looks cool. That's almost, mm-hmm. a lot of time. that's all you need it. The other part is this comes from House of Kiba and House of Kiba is basically like a membership community there's only I think 800 or so membership tokens. And the people who are in this membership, it came out right around the time of Bored Apes. And a lot of people, especially Bored Apes holders, original Bored Apes holders came into the NFT world because of Top Shot. So they're in Top Shot and then they formed social groups and clubs around Top Shot. And then they told each other about Bored Apes and got that excited and then it went crazy. And mm-hmm. so around the same time, House of Kiba launched and it was like, hey, this is like a membership club. And so there's a lot of people who are like holders, who are obviously very influential at this point, yeah. who think of House of Kiba as one of the first places that they really like learned and networked and all that stuff. So I think there's, there's always going to be something special tied to that. And um, the membership itself is like four ETH now, you know, gone up and down. It's been as high as six something and I think that's that's still popular because it's just like the original thing. You're in this membership, it's special, whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that when they finally do launch this, this metaverse, it's going to be, hey, that's the metaverse of that place we all called home back, you know, in the original time. And hey, they pulled it off. Now, will they pull it off? I don't know. But if they do, and I know they're certainly working on it, if they do pull it off, I don't see it being anything that's super popular. Yeah. So... That's the bet I'm taking.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. So it's
0: those fundamentals, right? Those are the things you got. When you're looking at underdogs, it's like, what's there? What's behind it that's cool, but is taking a while.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And yeah. if you can have the patience and you can wait and you can have your ETH tied up, then I think it's it's better. than Yeah.
1: Um, so n- another example I know that you and I have been big on is Ward Ape Comics. Which is something that launched in probably September, not earlier than that, I think. It was like August. July or August even actually. July or August, August was yeah. minted. They Did this big plan creating this, you know, comic series and a DAO and all this stuff. And it just, you know, it's been six months. It just hasn't really come to fruition. And the prices have really fallen. And they just kind of sit there around the cheapest is like 0.033 because they just haven't done that much. But the founders are there. They're still doing stuff, right? And it still could, it still could blow up. So I know that's one you've bought a bunch of as well.
0: Yeah, that that one's interesting to me because they um, they're they're following more or less the same strategy that punk's comic did where they have a vault. Their vault is insanely valuable at this point because they have seven or eight board apes and a couple mutants and a bunch of sandbox land and all these things. And because the apes have gone up in value so much, they are working on a mechanism where you burn the comic or stake it for like these different types of tokens. And then it's really, I mean, it, there's a lot to it. So I would say anybody who's, who's looking for underdogs and is interested in this one, just read the website, take the time, sit down, set aside a good half, half hour and just read the whole thing. Yeah. And if there's anything you're confused about, the team's pretty good at answering questions in their Discord. I think the big problem for them has been, it's taken a while, but I don't think that's the problem. It's the fact that they didn't do a great job communicating how long it would take. Mm. And they kept just saying, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, it's coming soon. And people got fed up. Right. And I understand why, you know, um, but for me, I'm like, you know, if they said from day one, it will be a year. We yep. not, we're not going to have anything formal on this DAO. So we want to do it. We're getting attorneys involved. We're doing it correctly. And it's going to be a full year. Yeah. Then like, okay, thank you for letting us know. And people can make their decision to stay or leave. But to just say soon, 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 soon. Right. It frustrated people. But I'm just like, look, that, yes, I'm frustrated too by that. But at the same time. This vault's looking juicy and the comic is frankly just very good i love comics nice. and yep. i think it's a really good comic they have connections to comic book companies so um they have relationships with valiant uh which is like the number three comic book company in the world they're doing stuff with them they're going to be going to comic con uh, they'll be showing off the board Ape comic at comic con which is like board apes overall or cultural phenomenon at this point mm-hmm. all those things together i'm like I don't know how long it'll take. And just a few days ago, they formally announced who their law firm is that they're working with to do this. Right. And like gave links to like, here's how you can look up who they are and yada, yada. So would I like a little bit clearer and, and more concise communication on like when this stuff happening and whatever. Sure. Yes. I would like that. But am I willing to put that aside and just hang on to see like what this thing becomes and whether there will be a bit of a viral viral effect uh, yeah. on the word spreading when the Dow launches? Yeah. I'm ready to wait for that. So.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: No idea how long it will take. But,
1: right. Um, exactly. We, we got to start to wrap things up here, but what are a couple more projects that you're watching that you're interested in from an underdog perspective right now, keeping in mind for our listeners, of course, that, you know, not financial advice. We have no yeah. idea whether these things will ever come true. They'll go up or go down. You know, there's just no way to know. You just, you kind of do your research and say, okay, I think this has really good opportunity. You know. and, and not to mention, depending on when you listen to this, the floor price may be a lot higher or lower than what we're what we're talking about today as well.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. And I spell a lot of this out in that underdog report too. But as you said, this is not financial advice. It's just my, I'm just sharing my thinking, right? Not yeah. like the thought process I go through to decide on these things. So I would say a couple other ones I'd point out. One is Dead Heads. This is a project that's been around for a long time, long time. <laughs> in, yeah. In quotes, you know, in this world, meaning since, since late June, yeah. they have a second collection that is still mintable. So it hasn't even sold out called the Skull Troopers and uh, Deadheads is a project that is basically building a decentralized multimedia brand, which takes a while. This is another one of those patience things, right? Yep. You think about how long it takes to, to really uh, substantiate a media brand, it's, it's a long time. So uh, will it be, this is not I I don't think a good like flip one where you can buy it one week and sell it the week after for a 30, 40, 50% return. I don't think that's your play, but in terms of what they're building and like the uniqueness of it, cause they're the first ones to do it. I personally think it's very underrated. And as you know, I'm like on that team and stuff. So
1: yeah, full disclosure, you are on the team. I'm biased
0: because I know so much from behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, you're on the team. And I believe the number one holder of Deadheads as well, right? So (laughs) you are heavily invested in the success, but I know it's because you believe in it so strongly. I have some Deadheads. I've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it in the past. I know some of our (laughs) listeners have bought Deadheads. So if you want to join us on that, you know, it seems like a very good long-term trajectory, but obviously no idea where it's going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so fully recognize my own bias in it, but I just think that people do seem to care about like something being the first of something, mm-hmm. especially as it's found out later. So I could see a reality where, you know, in a few months when it's a year old people who have just been in the space for a couple of months are going, have you heard of this thing? It's, you know, it was the first, I mean, it's serious, whatever. Right. Like mm-hmm. I could see stuff like that happening. Uh, not to mention just the possibility of like the moonshot that everyone's hoping for in that project, which is like, yeah. getting hit by Netflix or something right another one i would point to is death baths so say you know still dead <laughs> theme yeah but death baths is cool to me this is a project that comes from like a legit metal band called avenged sevenfold hmm. and what's cool to me about that is i've been following them closely i've actually gotten to know their front man pretty well his name's matt and he's just doing it all for the right reasons he's very passionate he's really great at educating people on you know on the space and they've received some criticism from their like Longtime fan base, and they're just, you know, taking their lumps on that, and, and still saying, "Hey, I mean, we understand that you don't may not like NFTs or you don't get it, but we're just going to continue to try delivering value, and we hope that you change your mind." You know, so they're just like taking the high road, doing all the right things. I feel, and part the other part of that for me is like, if anybody's willing to stake their entire career on an NFT project, then I, I can sign on to it too, right? Yeah. I mean, these are guys who can make a couple million dollars just doing one show. Why would they be doing, they're not doing a cash grab, you know, they could make the same amount of money in one show, yeah, you know? And so because of that, and because I've gotten to know them, I'm just like, if they're, if they're going to stake their whole reputation on it, I can stake a few hundred bucks on it. Yeah. Makes sense. And, cool. Uh, yeah. I think that's so, you know, there's, there's more, but like that one I think is really good. And,
1: Yeah. So check those out. If you're looking for more recommendations from Ben, again, go find his uh, underdog report on Twitter. Just go to Twitter and search hashtag underdog report and go look up Ben on Twitter. He is B-E-N-X-I-T dot NFT. And his PFP, his profile picture is Sal Bones, one of his deadheads who he owns the IP and is turning into all kinds of crazy stuff. It's a little skeleton guy. We can maybe do a whole other episode about that the possibilities that that exist in Web3 and, and what you're doing there. But Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Always fun talking to you about NFTs.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. All
1: right. Thanks everybody for listening. Check out some of those projects as well. And don't forget, do your own research. There's tons and tons of stuff out there. Find something that is interesting to you. Maybe dip your toe in the water and go along for the ride and see what happens. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, that will do it for my interview with Bennett Phillips. Ben, he goes by Benxit, B E N X I T dot N F T on Twitter. I think I said that a few times in the interview too, because it's for me, it's kind of a weird thing to say or look at, but I, I do think he's a great person to follow on Twitter. Obviously, a lot of other people agree. I think he has over five or 6,000 followers on Twitter now. By the way, I just passed 2,000 followers on Twitter, which I was pretty excited about. If you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you go follow both of us because That is where the whole NFT world is talking and doing business, besides Discord, is on Twitter. So make sure you follow both of us there. Once you're on Twitter, I'd love for you to share this show out there into the world. Share it with other people. If you have friends who are interested in NFTs, share this show. If you have questions, topic ideas, you can tweet me, send me a message, and let me know what you're thinking about. And I've got some great things in the works that I'm working on for Future episodes and for an NFT collection from this show, because I'm on this journey just like you are, and I want to explore all different avenues and start to create stuff as well. So stay tuned for that, as well as some more great episodes I've got coming up for you. We have an interview next week, a two part interview with my friend Brad Barrett, who is the co host of Choose FI, which stands for Financial Independence. It's a huge show. Uh, and Brad talks about his journey getting into NFTs, as well as uh, how to address the tax situation and security. Brad is a former accountant and he's very vigilant about security. So you want to check that out. And we have an interview after that. The next week, a two-part interview with my friend Tim Livingston talking about how to be a creator in the NFT space and how to approach flipping in the NFT space. So stay tuned for those. Again, reach out to me on Twitter if you want to get access to my free NFT guide and join my email list, which I haven't really gotten going yet, you can go to my website, andystorch.com slash NFT. That's A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H.com slash NFT. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.